everyone, welcome back to the Sproutcast. So today we're going to start off with our weekly Sprout segment where we share our learnings from our community every single week to reflect and celebrate the things that we are all learning. And the first one that we want to share this week is from Vis. This week, Vis learned about stoicism and is looking to see how he can apply these principles to his own daily life. A couple of the key things that he learned this week included doing the hardest things first, putting your phone down, and saying no a lot. I thought this was really interesting, Viv. I definitely resonate a lot with saying no. I think that's a really big part to prioritizing properly. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely be checking out this video and we're going to link it in the bio, so make sure you check it out. But it also sort of relates to this week's topic, which we'll talk about a bit later. A couple of learnings that I really enjoyed seeing was one from John who (laughs) learned how to adjust the angle of my lawn sprinkler. Definitely helpful. Yeah, I hope his grass is well watered. (laughs) And the second one is from Rahul. He finally moved on from Microsoft PowerPoint to Canva. Um, I'm excited for all of Rahul's um, fantastic presentations now. Yeah, that's crazy. Like Canva has literally saved my life. So Rahul's presentations must be um, really popping off now. <laughs> Another one that I really enjoyed was Christina. So this week, Christina has fully realized how large the US market <laughs> is compared to Australia. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Love that one. That was actually um, a pretty funny story because I was working with Christina on this when we both collectively realized this. Um, <laughs> we were working on some financial forecasting for a project where we got a yearly revenue of four thousand dollars um and then our mentor was like that is way too low so then we added in the u.s market and got up to a million plus wow so yeah definitely u.s makes a difference definitely (laughs) all right so now on to this week's episode um on the sproutcast we love creating impact Throughout episodes, we want to show you that you have the power to change the world. Something that we really wanted to challenge today is this belief that you can't make an impact when you join a more traditional grad role. This is one of the main reasons we hear for young people wanting to join startups. And we want to show you that if you have the drive, you can make an impact wherever you are. Yeah, so today we're super excited to have on our show today, Bianca. Bianca is a project officer in the People Experience Team at Transport for New South Wales, where she works on creating a great place to work for the people. As a grad in 2018, Bianca entered a case competition to solve the challenge of creating value out of underutilised government land. To provide some context, in Sydney, there are more than 400 vacant plots of land owned by Transport New South Wales. So after winning the Judges' Choice Award for this case competition, Bianca and her team have been able to turn this idea into a reality to create Newtown Station Garden, which you can actually see from the platforms of the station. Newtown Station Garden is an urban farming precinct that operates as a circular economy. It allows the community to access the underutilised land that is owned by New South Wales Transport to grow food. The food grown at the garden is then provided to local charities that feed those less fortunate, creating both social and environmental impact. In this episode, we chat to Bianca about how she turned an idea into a reality over the course of three years. We dive into her motivations, challenges, and how the idea has changed over time. Bianca also provides advice to other young people wanting to change the world, but might not know how to do so. 
What really inspired us was Bianca's perspective on the public sector and her dedication to serving her community above private gains as she works on this project on the side to her day job. If you haven't already, make sure you join the Sproutcast discussion group on Facebook, which is also where you can submit your weekly Sprouts. And if you enjoy this episode, please help us by thinking of just one friend to share it with. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Sydney. And I'm Viv. Welcome to Sprout, a podcast about finding your place in the world and growing an impactful career. Hi, Bianca. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So to start us off, what's something that made you smile this week? So something that happened this week was because we're all stuck in this COVID lockdown and the Olympic Games have been running for the last few weeks uh, the team had actually organized our own olympic games and the first round was actually olympic games trivia uh, really i think they just wanted to see who's been glued to their tv for the last few weeks um, and i actually <laughs> won bronze in that so i'm very very excited very proud to show off my olympics knowledge there. <laughs> that's super exciting i swear i've like never won a trivia competition ever so look that was the first time so i was ecstatic <laughs> <laughs> super exciting okay so we'd love to understand a little bit more about what it's actually like to work in the public sector I think what's um really exciting and what I love about working in the public sector is the impact that you have you know what you do today can really influence tomorrow um, and into the future so during my graduate days I supported on a lot of major projects like the Sydney light rail and also the upcoming Sydney Metro Western Sydney airport project you know, when I see Sydney light rail, I get so happy. Like my heart still flutters when I see it. Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, I'm so delighted to see something that I've supported um, in delivering just be there right in front of me. You know, my family takes it, my friends take it. And it's just so, um, you get so proud to have been a part of that journey. I know like Sydney Metro, Western Sydney Airport, it's still in its early stages, but you know, that project is making transport connections in an area where there's almost nothing. So we're really, Transport's one mm-hmm. of those building blocks in creating a whole new city in Western Sydney. And that to me is just so transformational and my heart just fills with pride um, saying it. And that's just one of the small parts of how we're making New South Wales a better place to live and you know to visit. You know, Transport's so small, so you can just imagine the impact that you can have working in the public sector. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. And it's super cool that you actually can see the tangible impact that you made. Um, I So I used to live in the city era when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, in the pre-light rail days. <laughs> and I just remember you just have to walk everywhere because you can't really catch a train That's right. um, if there's like not a station on the way. Yep. But now with like the light rail, it is so much more convenient. Definitely. I can't, I can't even, I don't even remember those days anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So the last time we spoke to you, Bianca, um, well, last time I spoke to you, not we, you talked about the Newtown Station Garden that you started and the Smart Feeds project. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how um, it began? Yeah, no worries. So Newtown Station Garden is an urban farming precinct that's located right next to Newtown Station and it aims to revitalise mm-hmm. underutilised land that's owned by Sydney Trains. 
So every week, the team and a group of volunteers, uh, we volunteer our time to plant, fertilize, uh, weed, harvest, um, all of our fresh produce that we grow there. And we donate it mm -hmm. to the local not-for-profit business Lentils as Anything, who create free and healthy meals for vulnerable people. It's a space where volunteers in the community can come to build positive connections, but can also learn horticulture skills and really to support a purpose of creating better opportunities for everyone. So how Newtown Station Garden came to be, I was actually a graduate when I decided to apply for a, uh, for a competition uh, called Smart Seeds, and it's a global innovation program where young professionals across the public and private sector come together to solve complex infrastructure challenges. So I was in a team called The Growth Project. We were honestly such a mixed bag. We had such diverse experiences, um, backgrounds. We came from different organisations and different sectors. But the challenge that we were posed was brought to us by Transport, and it was to reuse and repurpose Transport for New South Wales assets to provide greater value for our customers and the organisation. So we had 10 weeks of a lot of ideation, you know, skills where we were able to come up with this solution. Um, we pitched it and we won the Judges' Choice Award. Um, but that really was the end of that competition. And we really wanted to make it happen in real life because we believed in our vision. And so what happened was we presented it and we pitched it to many organisations and teams uh, in transport, but also external to transport who actually really liked the idea. And that actually kept us going. Um, we were lucky mm -hmm. to get an opportunity to present this at the Sydney Trains Innovation Pitch Club, sort of like Shark Tank, but for people in transport. And we won some funding and some executive sponsorship to actually proceed with this idea. So we were given a year for our pilot where we proved our concept with Newtown Station Garden. And so if you're ever on the train or you know you ever rock up at Newtown Station, you'll actually see our garden and it's continued to thrive ever since. That's super exciting. And just to clarify, so the social um, impact that we're talking about here, is that homelessness? So the overall vision was to solve the homelessness issue. So during our initial research, mm -hmm. um, during that time, we saw a lot of news articles about homelessness being very, very prevalent. And Transport actually experiences homelessness, the issue of homelessness as well. A lot of homeless people actually sleep at train stations. Um, during the nighttime, it's actually safer to be on a train than sleeping out in an area. So what a lot of people, homeless people who are homeless do is they take the last train from Central all the way to Kayama and it just gives them some warmth and a safe space to be when they're sleeping. And when I heard about that from other transport stakeholders and brought that to my team, it was one of those, why don't we just kill two birds with one stone? Like the garden could actually be a sanctuary for homeless people. I think we didn't necessarily have the resources to solve the home, home the whole homeless issue, but what we could do was we could help to upskill them, help to give them a sense of purpose by giving them a safe space as well. So the solution um, was actually targeted to solve that as well. But with the pilot, there were quite a number of things we wanted to solve, but we had to make sure that we were able to prove that concept. So we started small, started off. Um, you know, with just a temporary garden with 12 garden beds, 
but we were able to find our partner lentils as anything who is able to also support those vulnerable people and those people in need. Yeah, so what exactly does Lentils, Lentils to Anything do? Yeah, so Lentils as Anything, uh, you'll see a few of their stores around, but they essentially have a pay as you feel um, sort of a system where you can come in, they'll cook for you whatever's on the menu and you essentially pay what you think you can offer. So sometimes for those people who don't necessarily have enough money, they can go to Lentils and they're offered, you know, a meal like any of us. And they're all about supporting, um, you know, equality for all. And they do this through a number of programs. Their restaurants are just one of them, but they definitely have other initiatives that also support equality for people as well. Okay. Just to understand how the garden works, the produce of the garden, does that go towards Lentils for Anything? Yes, that's right. So every week we we harvest around six to ten of those black crates that you see at Woolies and Coles and we deliver it to lentils as anything. So because they work on contributions and really goodwill, sometimes they have these lulls, these periods, especially when there's not a lot of customer foot traffic. So they have a lot of expenses as well because they're essentially buying produce to feed to the people. So what we can do to help them is essentially give them free donations and they can use our fresh herbs, vegetables to create their meals so that they can cut down on some of that expense as well on their end. Yeah, that's super exciting and sounds like a really important intersection between the environment and the social factors. What was sort of the process of turning that competition idea into reality? I feel like so many students win competitions and that's it. Look, it's a very long process. Smart Mm -hmm. Seeds was in 2018 and we only started implementing Mm -hmm. the garden in late 2019. So there was a long time before it and it only started to thrive around mid 2020. So what actually happened right after the competition, I think we were on such a high. We just kept meeting with so many Mm -hmm. internal and external stakeholders because we really wanted to make it happen. We thought it was actually possible. Like it wasn't like a revolutionary idea. It was quite relevant and doable in our eyes. So we met up with uh, a lot of transport teams like the property and land team to firstly identify where exactly we wanted this garden. We had a solution, but we didn't actually have a a plot of land that we wanted to go to. So we identified Newtown as um, a potential plot where there wasn't any activity in the next year or so. And it was close to the transport network. It was easy to get to, and it was also in Sydney Metro. So it took a while to get approval for that. I think it was quite challenging because this was the first time that a garden would be on transport land. So there were a lot of risks that we had mm-hmm. to make sure we had a risk management plan. We had, you know, actions to mitigate. We had to meet with a lot of people to ease their thoughts, I think, engage with the station staff, mm-hmm. especially who would be seeing the garden every day, meeting up with their customer area manager to keep them in the loop as well. And because gardening really isn't our expertise, we had to engage with an agricultural and horticultural expert to understand what was actually best for our garden at Newtown. So because we wanted to make sure uh, 
you know, this was just a one year pilot for us. We wanted to make sure that we could set it up quickly and pack it down quickly if transport needed the land again. So he was able to really guide us in what would work well for the space that we had and what sort of produce would actually grow quicker. So that was really exciting for us. Mm -hmm. um, and afterwards, once we got approval for all of that, which took a while, we had to start organizing suppliers, getting things delivered, and actually physically setting up the garden. So back then it was really just the growth project team and some members of the Sydney Trains team. And so all of the digging, the soil, getting the beds ready, were really just done by a handful of people working on their weekends. So wow. that took a lot of physical work, <laughs> but after we got it set up to a you know good standard, that's when we started to promote it. We started to raise awareness. We started off with weekly working bees on a Saturday or a Sunday where we spent a few hours just doing, you know, the watering, the gardening, the weeding, reaching out to our family and friends to join us and really just talking to Newtown mm -hmm. locals. And then now, you know, a couple of years later, here we've built this beautiful garden um, you know, we've just got a new shed, we've got a compost system, and we've got this amazing community of volunteers who probably go almost every day. So that's the process that, um, you know, we took to get our Newtown Station garden to come to life. That's awesome. In the process of getting everything approved, mm -hmm. how did you get different stakeholders on board? Did you meet any resistance? I think when you're a graduate, and you don't know the processes and the guidelines, you honestly think you've got the world. And I think that was one thing that really pushed <laughs> us because we weren't really sure what was on the other side. We were just so excited about our idea. We really believed in it that we thought everyone was going to get on board. And most people, mm. especially leaders, absolutely loved it. They thought it would be probably such a great news story, which is how we deal with a lot of things in government. We just <laughs> want to make sure we're doing good for the public. Um, and so actually a lot of people absolutely wanted us to make this happen. It was just about the action, yeah. you know, we were getting people's feedback, um, a lot of nods and a lot of yeses, but then there just wasn't a lot of action to make it happen. And we did meet mm -hmm. with some resistance. And I think it's because this is the first of its kind. It's so unique and we've never dealt with something like this, a project um, that is so reliant on really the community and um, the community to stand this up. So I think there were some challenges in chatting to some stakeholders who were just being mindful and cautious about stepping into this new territory. But, you know, there's always a first for everything. We had to just make sure we had a really good risk management plan. We made sure to have a really good partner. You know, we were all doing this, the growth project team, we were all doing this outside of our own day jobs and it wasn't really our expertise in gardening. So making sure that we had um, a lot of good collaborators, partners on board for this, making sure that we were all on the same page. We knew what to do if something went wrong um, and to really work on it together. And because, we were able to engage our stakeholders really well. We were able to actually move really quickly once we got approval um, and to set it up. And yeah. now, honestly, I think it's going to stay there for quite a while. It's been past our one year pilot <laughs> and it's still standing. So I'm very, very proud yeah. of them for doing that. 
that's super exciting. And I think when you're trying to think of like introducing something completely new, especially with the government, it sounds like such a big and ambitious task. It is. And especially with the time frame you described, how did you find the motivation to do that extra step that's not required of your day job? Yeah, I think it's because we saw the real benefits of the garden. Our whole Mm -hmm. solution to the challenge was really about circular economy, what goes in you want to keep reusing so that we're not creating waste. And so that was one of the elements that we had to include in our solution. And I think that's what really brought us over that barrier of wanting to keep it as an idea or really to implement it in real life. Because I think in this day and age, there's so many things happening and we just really wanted to make a difference in what we can do. Mm -hmm. And we had come up with such a great solution where we could really help transport financially, but also the customers and communities like environmentally and socially. So why not give it a shot? Um, We had so much great feedback from the Smart Seeds competition to all the teams we pitched it to. They were so excited to be a part of it. You know, some people even thought it was a real garden. And so the fact that people could resonate and relate to it, we thought we had to definitely give it a chance. Um, And as I said before, being a graduate, I just wasn't sure of what we we needed to do. And so I thought we could definitely get this up and running really soon. Um, You know what? Took took a few (laughs) years. It was a bit delayed, but we did make it happen. Yeah, that's awesome. In that process, was there any point during it where you had doubts about um, the viability of this project? I think I was too optimistic about it. Definitely Mm. being that I was on the transport you know, working in transport and it was a transport challenge, I think I really believed that the benefits for our customers and the communities would outweigh any risks or doubts that they had. Um, A lot of what we do at transport really is for the people of New South Wales and seeing that the vision and the purpose of this was for them. You know, there were some times that it was challenging because of the time frames, but I never doubted, mm. you know, that they would not implement this project because of the impacts that it would have. Yeah. And I think it really shows like the importance of mindset and like really yeah. wanting something to happen Yeah, and how that actually can make things happen despite all the barriers, because you could Google it and so many different policies and oh, stuff would come definitely. up, which really relates to the project I'm working on now. As like, it's so easy to look at it and see all those regulations sort of definitely. demotivate you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Just switching gear a little bit. Um, first, I feel like so many young people today have so many ideas for what change they want to see in the world. But I think sometimes the biggest barriers that um, prevent us from doing it is that first step of, okay, am I actually going to do this for real? What advice do you have um, for someone who has an idea, but isn't sure about how or whether to implement it? Yeah, that's a really good question. For me, I think the first sort of thing that came to my mind is really mindset for how you work. Sometimes it can be the right idea, but it could be the wrong time and it could be vice versa. So I think really it's to prepare yourself for when that opportunity comes. You know, how I would do that is to don't be afraid to ask questions, to challenge when you think it's right, to be proactive in everything you do. So if you if you have an idea and if you see something that you can improve on, 
you know, take the initiative and suggest it, raise it. Um, also by saying yes to any of the opportunities. You know, you never know where they can take you to, especially those opportunities that challenge the way you think and you do things. And I think it's all of those tips are really to help you help set yourself up so that when that big opportunity comes, you know, whether it's a new role, a new project or a new opportunity, you'll actually be able to manage and lead. So I really think, you know, if you have an idea, that's always such an amazing thing because it just shows that you really want to make an impact. And I think it's just changing your mindset so that you're actually not limited by what's out there. You're just placing focus on what you want to do, your vision, your purpose, and why you want to do that. Um, and I think actually that's probably the best way that you can approach an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And with your process that you described to us earlier, you mentioned sort of early on that there was a lot of support for your idea. Do you yeah. think if you got some initial lack of support of people were like, <laughs> oh, that's not a good idea, but you still truly believed it was, do you think you would have still pursued it? Oh, that's definitely a very, very tough question. I think there would have probably been seeds of doubt in my mind. A lot of the stakeholders we mm -hmm. pitch this to, they've definitely been in the corporate world or been in transport for a lot longer than I have. And so they have experience. They understand the process of getting this to happen in real life. So I think I placed a lot of, um, you know, my feelings and my motivations on whether it was possible. And definitely, I think the positivity helped a lot. But I think as well, being that my own team, the growth project team was so diverse, and we actually had different team members from different organisations like Lendlease or Sydney Water. I was in my own transport bubble, but they also saw mm -hmm. the purpose. And sometimes when I get so bogged down by transports, you know, timeframes and approvals and whatnot, and potentially stakeholders that didn't believe it, they would always pull me out because they could see from the other side that, hey, we're a potential customer. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, we don't work for transport, but we are the community. Why isn't this going ahead? So I feel like the team was so grounded and we were able to come up with a solution that, yes, it solved the challenge, but yes, we really believed in it. I think that really shined through and anyone who talked to us really felt that as well. So um, I think it's surrounding myself, you know, again, setting myself up to be with a really good team of collaborators, um, you know, connecting, joining the dots with people who would be able to make it happen, but would also support me, whether it's constructive feedback or positive feedback. I think along the way, you know, it's not always going to be upwards. We definitely have to, we were definitely had to adapt in some of our aspects of our projects, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was bad feedback. It's definitely to help us get to where we need to be, but in a different way. Interesting. I'm wondering if you sort of have an example of um, one of the things you adapted. Yeah. So I think if you came to us from our initial solution, you would have seen a lot of our posters had retrofitted trains that we, you know, would make into a tiny little garden or even a cafe to put on our garden. And we were so hell bent on you know, reusing old train assets. Because when you think about transport, you think about trains, you think about buses. And so our first solution, well, our first initial thought was we really wanted to use something with trains and buses. And 
because it was very difficult to acquire an asset like that and the cost of retrofitting it, we sort of laid that to rest. But when we came up with our garden idea, we thought, hey, let's just add it in. You know, it's a way to make it transport. Um, you know, if you ever pass by the garden, mm-hmm. you would know it's transport because there's a transport train on there. And we were so excited about having this you know, this little cafe spot, little hangout area. Um, but if you pass by Newtown Station right now, you'd probably know that there's no train there um, because it was just so difficult. Mm-hmm. So definitely along the way, we'd, there was pushback on certain aspects of the idea, but the general vision and the purpose that we have um, to solving the challenge of reusing and repurposing underutilized assets was there all along. Um, so yeah, there was definitely some some wins, some losses, um, but this is just the first, you know, pilot and I'm not stopping there. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to work with transport to hopefully get a few more gardens up and running and who knows, you'll never know. Maybe there's a transport mm-hmm. garden or a transport cafe somewhere soon. Yeah, yeah. that's really exciting. Um, what would you say is the grand vision that you have for this project? Ooh, I think that's if you were to ask the growth project team that it would have probably changed and morphed since we first pitched it but really I don't need the branding of the garden I don't think I want to see the exact Newtown Station garden I really just want to create a safe space for communities all across New South Wales so if we have you know, land that transport owns, but we're currently not using, we can definitely do something with it temporarily to support community and customer outcomes. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a garden. I think there's so many different ways that we can use land. You know, it could be a bit of like an event space, Mm -hmm. it could be a play area. There are so many different ways. And I think seeing this Newtown Station Garden come to life I think I've opened up my vision as well, my idea of what is actually possible. You know, gardens are great um, Mm -hmm. and we've proved that, but maybe let's try something else. Maybe, you know, our, our preferences or what's important to us at a specific time has changed. And so I don't want to be limited by, you know, just being a garden. And really, I just think let's try and see what's actually possible with transport land and, you know, we can do so much more with it. So I think my vision really, it's so far wide reaching, um, but if we can just support our customers and people along the transport network where, you know, we can offer land to be used in any way, I think that's already a good step and in the right direction. Yeah, Yeah. that's really awesome. And I love what you said about um, that it doesn't have to be limited to just a garden, that there's so many possibilities of what you can do out there. Definitely. Um, That's really cool. On a slightly different note, um, I feel like another perhaps misconception, but or thought that some students have about the public sector is that there are a lot of bureaucracy associated with it. Everything takes a little while. What What are your thoughts on this? That's true for a lot of companies, you know, I think time is so relative Mm. that when I go in asking for approvals, I think it's so long, but I think we are just going through all the processes to make sure we are providing correct and relevant information to the right people. I think 
working in public sector, there's an added layer because essentially we're using taxpayers' money. You know, I mm. we're all paying tax taxpayers' money and we don't want to misuse that in any way. So that's another consideration on top of probably what companies in the private sector have to think about. And really, I think that's actually pretty awesome because you are essentially responsible for so much money um, that influences so many people. So of course you don't want to stuff up. You don't want to end up on the front page of yeah. Sydney Morning Herald, um, you know, with a slogan that doesn't necessarily represent what it's about. And we really try to avoid that at all times, especially in the media media universe. We do not want to be on the front page of Sydney Morning Herald with a bad headline. So <laughs> I actually think it is a common misconception, but that's because we're doing our due diligence. You know, when I, yeah, when I go through my projects and I go through approvals, I don't necessarily think it's a long time because really we are checking off with our internal, our external stakeholders. Are they happy? Have they got what they need? Have they got the support, the resources? And in the end, that time that's taken actually comes to a better outcome. And I think that's probably more worth it. There is bureaucracy, but that's because we work under, you know, a structure where we report to the ministers, we report to the government portfolios. Um, but the impact of what you do is so great that you have to make sure that what you're doing is on the right track and it's, you know, going through all the hoops and everything so that it's all good. Yeah. That's such a good point, Bianca. I think I've never thought about the public sector um, and the processes that are involved in that way, but really good point about the taxpayers' money. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of responsibility and so all the due diligence, all the risk assessments definitely. definitely have to be very thorough. Yeah, and I think it's such a good way to view the reason behind why things are, the mm. like the reasons behind why things are the way things are. That's a bit of a tongue twister. I'm not sure if that even makes sense. But I think it's so easy to be like, oh, this is so slow. I don't want to work here. But yeah, it's really great to frame it in terms of because what you're doing has such a big impact. Yeah. That's why it takes time. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've only worked in the public sector. So there's always a thought in my head, like what actually goes on in the private sector? And I think vice versa, unless you really mm -hmm. experience it, you really don't know the process. But I've been in transport for almost five years. And I've actually personally never complained about the bureaucracy as such. It's, if anything, I'm you know, so worried with making sure that my project and my vision are aligned to what the organization is doing. Um, because really, yeah. our stakeholders, you know, are your families, friends, um, you know, yeah. my own families, my future kids as well. So really, it's, it's just making sure that we're on the right track, we are doing the best for everyone in New South Wales. And we don't want to jeopardize that because, you know, we want to fast track a decision, get get a tick and a checkbox. So um, definitely, I think it's worthwhile and very valuable to take the time to assess everything um, and to make the right call. Yeah, absolutely. And a question sort of that building off the fact that you work in the public sector and how you are able to make this project come to life in terms of using um, public land that's owned by the government. I feel like this idea of urban gardening, circular economy is very often a um, idea in case competitions and university projects. Do you think a project like this would happen if you didn't work for the government? I think it would 
still work, but mm-hmm. in a probably different form. I think we were very lucky to have that as a challenge that was posed by transport because, you know, transport owns a lot of land. So that actually just gave us access to the land. I think if we worked for other organisations, they would have access to other resources. It doesn't have to be land, but it could be, you know, to the skills, the expertise, the connections to people to make it happen. I think it just worked mm-hmm. out perfectly that Transport had posed it and, you know, we had access to so many plots that we could work with, um, their assets and, you know, the resources to actually make it happen. So I think it would still be definitely doable but as for whether Newtown mm-hmm. Station Garden would exist in this current day and age if we work with a different organization that may not be true yeah mm. very interesting and just to wrap up Bianca yeah what has been your biggest sprout or growth moment I think it's actually applying for smart seeds so back when I was at university I never put my hand up for these consulting competitions because I was so nervous at having to present in front of mm you know, judges or my own peers. And I think that's probably a common common fear that a lot of people have, which is, you know, having, doing a speech in front of others that you don't know especially. And so because at the end of the 10 weeks, the presentation and the pitch is what you'd be scored on, I was probably going to say no until the last day when someone actually called me out on it and they asked me, are you going to apply? Because what do you have to lose? <laughs> and So I thought, you know what? I spent my whole university career not doing these case competitions, these consulting competitions. So I thought, you know what? The worst that can happen is we just become last. Like no one else knows me in the audience. That's totally (laughs) fine. But look at at us now. And here I am talking to you about my idea that's actually happened in real life. So you never know where you go. But I think that was the first step towards how my career journey has grown, how this innovation has grown. And it's really made me um, actually value, you know, innovation, working at transport and the public sector a lot more because this whole journey, working with transport, working with our stakeholders, you know, meeting the people who have been so supportive of the idea, it's really just made me keep going and it's just made me want to stay at transport even more. That's incredible. That's such a great sprout moment. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on our show today, Bianca. That's all right. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I've had such a great time chatting to you about my career and about Newtown Station Garden. It's been so exciting. Um, So thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn at The Sproutcast.